Hello fellow sports photographers. My name is Dee Mokteropoulos, or All Sports Snapper, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to the Photography Philosophy Podcast, where I have open discussions with the world's best sports photographers. In these hour or so long shows, you'll get an insight behind the long lenses from the men and women who filled your back pages, websites, and magazines with amazing sports imagery. You all know the drill by now, so with any questions or comments, get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportSnapper or my website AllSportSnapper.com. Reporting not so live from France, I'm currently covering the UEFA European Championships or Euro 2016. So between games, have edited an interview with Scottish sports photographer Russell Cheen or Rusty to know most that know him. This 16th episode, Rusty, who works for Reuters, one of the world's leading news agencies, speaks to me about when he started in the business by earning six pounds an image for a local paper. He gives a great tip for staying awake while shooting test cricket, why rugby makes better images than football or soccer for our American friends, how shooting the best players in the world being put in difficult situations makes great sports images, rugby great and all-black legend Yona Lomu at the World Cup in South Africa gets more than one mention, practicing manual focus on a 400mm on cars from traffic lights and how a little knowledge of the athletes can go a long way to getting a great celebration. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, welcome to the Photography Philosophy Podcast and uh, we have a another illustrious career from a uh, exceptional photographer. Can you uh, introduce yourself and uh, where you're from, please? Russell Cheen, and uh, I'm from Petlochry in Scotland. Okay, so uh, we're covering all the British Isles now. So you're, uh, we have my first Scottish guest, and um, I, I see you uh, around a lot when I'm in the UK, but uh, not very often in Scotland. You seem to travel a lot down to London and that kind of thing for your work. Is that right? Uh, yeah, still do a bit. Um, uh, I mean, it's the whole of Scotland normally, and uh, yeah, if there's uh, or something, I'll be down. I'll be down there. Um, but I'm more often in Scotland. I would say now, Dean. So okay, well, and and before we just go back back in the uh, time machine to uh, where 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 it all began, just uh, can you just tell us who who you work for, and uh, maybe just the. I know, for um, but if you could just list off a few of the people that you've worked for in the past, just so we can give our listeners a a, a small sample of uh, the kind of experience that we're talking to today. So, uh, All Sport, which is now Getty's, um, for about seven years, uh, a year on the oh, no, that was after. Sorry, fourteen years on the Daily Telegraph, a year on the Times, and the last eight years at Reuters. Okay, Reuters. So um, yes, and I, I know that you've worked for the um, FA and uh, the RNA, which is the golf um, body, and uh, you've worked for the British Olympic uh, Committee. And I mean, you've got uh, a long, uh, a long list of uh, very respectable clients um, to your name as well, haven't you? Uh, yeah, and so, some of that work though might have just been uh, sort of uh, advice more than uh, more than taking pictures for them for for some of the organizations some of them are uh, like the, the rugby union have been working directly with them uh, taking pictures as well but yeah a bit of a mixed bag i've, rem I've remembered uh, 
prior to all sport as well, I used to uh, work at Mercury Press in Liverpool as well, which is the right at the beginning. Um, this is um, uh, even more impressive. I think obviously, you know, your photography is impressive but and your list of clients, but even to be uh, giving advice to sort of, you know, you know, these big uh, organizations is a... Uh, it shows the the kind of caliber of photographer I'm speaking to today. So uh, thank you very much for coming on. They don't need to listen, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've certainly given it. All right. Well, um, let's go back, like I said, in time. Um, and can you uh, recall your first photography memory? How, when when did it? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be sport, but like when do you remember either picking up a camera or um, or you know, parents or or family member sort of introducing you to photography? Gosh, um, I tell you what, I do. I I, I remember uh, collecting postcards actually, that, or not collect, you know, saving postcards that get sent in. Uh, to the family house and just being aware that I liked pictures first, you know, that'd be, I'd be very young than that. And then deciding that that's what I wanted to do later on, just by, by whatever came into the house, just, you know, holiday postcards and thinking, wow, that, that looks great. And and wanted to be able to do something like that. Okay. And then how old were you when that, when that, when that had started? Oh God, I don't know. Seven, eight. Okay. Some, sort of just a vague, a vague idea of, uh, of, well, I think really what I remember is I was looking at the picture side of it and not and not bothering about what was written on the other side. <laughs> okay. And what about your first camera? Oh, uh, an Olympus OM10. I yeah, I think yeah, that's that would be it. I mean, uh, up until then, I might have borrowed something off off my dad or something. Or okay, Olympus and now was what, what the first one I bought, I think. So you've got um, you've started you know taking pictures as a as a kid, and then how how did it sort of progress into a into a career you know how did it how did you start getting paid or you know obviously you must have been doing some sort of volunteer work i'm guessing like most people do at the start and how did it become a a job uh, okay re- re- relatively uh, formal i did a sheffield course and uh, nctj course in sheffield which is the national council for training for journalists i just applied to in fact i, I just started sending pictures to the local paper um and I think they paid six pounds per picture. It's about the same what it is now, isn't it? I think <laughs> it seems to have gone back to that now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem too bad because it was a small place. You could probably do about uh, six or seven jobs in a day easily. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my sort of very junior working and a. Uh, I, I didn't do that for long, you know. I was, uh, uh, I, I then got some paid work quite quite quickly, not very well paid. Uh, and then that was there was a little bit of sport involved in that, and we're talking before, well, long before autofocus and things like that. So um, the more practice you got at the sport, it gave you an advantage because other people didn't like it. You know, they were more used to doing. Uh, sort of general news work or check presentations or whatever at the local level, you know. So um, a little bit of sport where there was no movement in it, it seemed to head you in that direction. And uh, your you, the sport side of it was that something that was always sort of a you know is that what you wanted to do more or more or was it just sort of because no one else wanted to do it that you sort of uh, pushed your you know photography side towards the more the sport side of it. I think well, it was a, a combination of both of those, actually. Uh, when, when I was in Liverpool, um, I would be the young guy there. Uh, 
and you know people had uh, I was I was there on my own and the rest of them had their families to get home to and things like that so there was evening football matches and, and both Liverpool and Everton were going well it was the uh, the year Everton won the league and I think Liverpool won the European final as well so uh, God, how many years ago was this I, listen I don't remember last week but I, I want to see oh I don't know mid 80s or something I would, I would say about 83 84 something like that okay so uh, yeah, thirty years in the business, then you've uh, we'll, we'll, should have we'll, been able to check that. But uh, <laughs> um, it was uh, well, it was the it was the Hazel or the Hazel um, was the final that Liverpool went sort of whenever that I think that was eighty four, wasn't it? And, and so um, it was the year that Everton won the league. So there was a lot of good matches that you had to do, and. Uh, I think we we probably got doubling up as well. So as the young guy, I wouldn't normally be getting to do them, but I might have got to work at the other end or something like that at these matches. So if they were having a bad season, maybe they would have only sent one senior photographer. But it's not a bad intro, though. Is season it? I was getting, yeah, I was getting to do some real good, real good games early on. Um, I, the only reason I ask is, you know, when was that? Because uh, I don't think Everton of, uh, you know, Everton winning the league is. Uh, sorry to our Everton fans, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, and it doesn't look like it, I can't remember it in in my oh, lifetime, sort of thing. Yeah, Andy Gray was in his pomp as a player, you know. So uh, it was it was a long time ago, yeah. Okay, and um, did you actually shoot any amateur uh, before we get? Did you shoot any amateur sports? Did it go, you know? It seems like uh, you know you've started off and you know you're doing you know the two of the bigger teams in in Europe, uh, well in the world. Liverpool, obviously, one of the most famous clubs in the world. You're sort of shooting them fairly early on in your career. That must have been a nice. Uh, you must have been the envy of your friends as well, considering that. Uh, well, yeah, or or, or a tenth, or they think, oh, what are you doing photographing sport when you could be playing it on the Saturday, you know? So uh, what, uh, it wasn't in, in those days as well. It was pretty much. Saturday and Wednesday, you know, it wasn't, um, uh, as we are talking before, they, it's regular now they play on a Sunday, isn't it? So um, the, that hadn't come in yet. It was quite a regular, it was, everything about it was quite regular, you know. So, uh, well, these days it seems to be every day, you know, with uh, European games and uh, League Cups, FA Cups. Uh, you know, Friday nights, so that used to be the one that was missing, wasn't it? Friday, but Friday nights now, or, or uh, the rugby doing it, the Six Nations play a couple of games on Friday nights now. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's, it's every day. Yeah, so pretty much it's every day now. Um, uh, who is the? Can I, I again? I just uh, you know I like to hear the more experienced guys. I won't say older, more experienced guys like yourself. You know, was there some photographers that you looked up to back then, or were there names that you sort of were like, oh God, no, I wish I could take pictures like this guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Smith uh, for the uh, Chris Smith, Ian Stewart, um, Monty Fresco, probably. Okay, uh, cool. Chris Smith for what I imagined, what, what I got into sport myself was trying to, I, I couldn't imagine, or sorry, I could imagine, but I couldn't do what these players, whatever sport you're doing, the the physical, you mean the physical positions they could get themselves into while they were controlling the ball. And I think Chris Smith used to illustrate that on a regular basis. You know, he used to capture people just in positions that you think, God, wouldn't I love to be able to do that? You know, wouldn't I bring, you know, bring the ball down from shoulder height, control it, and I thought he was brilliant at that. Um, and uh, out of the ones I mentioned there, I think Monty as well seemed to 
get the. Well, I'm going to describe this as he was almost like watching. Um, after the ball's gone away, he'd still stay on the plate, you know, and he he seemed to get either punch ups, dust ups, or whatever. So there was another thing, or you know, the relationships on the pitch between the two tough guys or whatever. Uh, so it's not. It wasn't just about peak of the action. He'd still be he'd still be watching it after the ball's gone in case the players were having a go at each other for want of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, and and I think just learning and, and it's almost different styles there are papers, one one's in the mirror, one's in the Sunday Times. But it was teaching you that there's, that there's different things to be to be had from from almost the same moment, but not quite, you know. So it was just a case of one guy's like almost ahead of the ball and waiting for it to come in to to get that total peak picture. And the other guy's just hanging around a little bit later, thinking, wonder what will happen after after the ball's gone. You know, so it's interesting to me that was. Yeah, I, I mean, I say I saw that as an editor as well. You know, seeing um, you know, an, two photographers sitting next to each other because we used to sit next to AFP. You know, when I was editing uh, AFP editors and two photographers sitting right next to each other and would come away with completely different pictures from the same match. Uh, it's uh, it's one of the things that I guess it drew, drew draws a lot of people to photography. Yeah, and and some of that will be uh, knowledge as well. Uh, and certainly, you know, um, there'll be there'll be people in, in certainly in football that have just got a far better knowledge of it than me, and they and they will know that these two characters are particularly worth watching, or have a history, or, yeah, or yeah, something that, that, along that, those lines. That type of thing, and, and other times as well, you you, you kind of get these pictures maybe by accident because you may be going. I don't know. There's two two club sides playing, and and you know that there's two French, two Scottish, two whatever, and uh, who are, and you go, oh, that's a good picture for France. If these two guys are challenging, and, and and something might actually come out of it, but you were only look, that's you were looking because there's just a couple of French bods playing against each other, and you think, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. That's quite nice. <laughs> but you know, so so sometimes it's luck, isn't it? You know, but other times you're looking, going, well, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, I'd, I mean, it's pretty, I'll come up with an obvious one like when. Uh, uh, Roy Keane was up against, you know, Vieira or something like that. Well, I, I'm imagining every photographer knew that was worthwhile watching. <laughs> but but uh, other other guys just have that knowledge and, and just or memory and just go, yeah, these two, this could be interesting, you know. Okay, and and obviously back then, you know, it was all um, film and uh, processing. And uh, can you just you know run me through your uh, your work process back then, if you could? You know how 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 would you shoot a game? You know how would you would you show up? I mean, we've heard about people, you know, paying people to use their kitchens. Uh, how in Liverpool? I mean, how how did you work back then? Did well, okay, so that that happened. Uh, it, it varied between between the companies. Um, well, what. One of the things that seems a bit daft by today's standards is you would be trying to hold your pictures back because I don't know. I, I favor I favored the plastic tanks where I could get three rolls of film in the in the, in the liter of developer. Um, and I, if I could shoot the game in three rolls, but this maybe for the paper that would be that would be better for, better for me. Or if it could, you know, if it was a big game, if you could do it in six, you know, dev up at half time and and once again. And by today's numbers, you know that's that's you sort of shooting a game on a hundred, a hundred frames. Uh, Unheard of today. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so so you were trying to pick your moments, and and cameras are a little bit slower. That might help you to keep your numbers down. Um, it would just be impossible to do today, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what the numbers are, but uh, I'm sure they're probably ten times that. <laughs> 
I'll give you a bad example. Last uh, we, the European Championships are obviously coming up, and we have to do a stock of all the players. Um, and I did a a match the other day, and I sent this is uh, sounds bad, but I, I actually sent 190 pictures from one match because it was all, you know, man looking over shoulder, guy running with ball, coaches, uh, stock of every player, and, and you know, team groups, headshots before the match, and all that kind of stuff, and. Yeah, to send 190 pictures, I mean, I don't want to tell you how many I shot. Yeah, but, well, so, but therefore, you've sent more than I used to take. I think, I mean, admittedly, you've got, when you're doing stock, is different. So some of the, so the newspaper, I wouldn't really be doing stock, but I would have been in the beginning at All Sports. So, and, and there, I wouldn't have been developing my own stuff. It was coming, but there I'd be doing games on Saturdays, mostly rugby. Uh, it wasn't even getting developed till Monday. You know, so that seems alien as well, uh, but that's just the way it was. You know, it wasn't uh, um, ever. I think it was just it was just different. You know, you were shooting the game on the Saturday, the rugby or, or whatever it was, and then you would just go into the office on first thing Monday morning and start developing, and then get the the everything scanned up and stuff. Is that is that the way so, it would yeah, work? Yeah, and then pick the dupes, and uh, you know, um, and there's there's competition for getting the dupes done, and so so even then, even even in what was duped. Depend, you know, the, the darkroom can only handle X number of images. So there might even be a kind of, oh, you need to cut that down. Uh, so, well, we all need to take two off so the darkroom can handle it and get it ready for the post that afternoon. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas uh, as, as you know, now you're, you're sending images before the game started to, to feed the digital market. So it's just, it's, it's different times, isn't it? You know, it's different times. And, uh, that analogy, or going back to all sport time, there is you would be shooting more film then because it wasn't getting developed in until Monday, but in a proper lab. Whereas the newspaper thing I was telling you about developing it himself uh, or somebody doing it for me, they, then you might, if it was a big game, that then it would be up to maybe about you wanted dev twice in a match. Um, you're just updating on the additions there, but I was trying to keep it down to you know six rolls. So you were you doing the you know again I didn't shoot at this in this era but would you you shoot for the first fifteen minutes and then run off and develop or was it just just developing at half time? Well, it, okay, it, it, domestically probably you'd have somebody to help you. If this is for the newspaper, for the Daily Telegraph, so there's somebody you would get. Yeah, about fifteen minutes first edition, and then and that would also mean that you were you were ready to look at that at half time while the other while the next half hour is getting developed. Okay. So that that that's that's one way of doing it. When it was abroad, you tended to buddy up with uh, say another paper, and one of you would leave the pitch after about ten fifteen minutes. It, it, I mean, these you might get a little bit longer abroad with the seven forty five kickoffs. Somebody's going away with the early action, and we just uh, you'd cover for them. So while they were off the pitch developing, or while I was off the pitch developing. Somebody would be covering for me on the pitch. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool, man. Um, yeah. Changed a massive difference. Uh, and were you were you based uh, up north again for that with Liverpool? Um, were you still living in Scotland at the time, or had you moved oh, no, down I, south? I, I, most, I, most of my career was London, really. So I, I only did a year in Liverpool. Okay. And then uh, all, all the the other things, the All Sport Telegraph. Uh, and the times would all be so whatever that is, 14, 6, 20, 20, you know, 21 years uh, London-based. But, you know, it's a big hub, London, you can go anywhere. So, 
Yeah, exactly. And did you? Um, and was this uh, when you were in London? You know, the majority of your career was it for for the, the Telegraph? Was that would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah. Fourteen years I'm saying Telegraph. So that's the long. So that's two thirds and fourteen and twenty long. So. Okay, and uh, in that time, I, I'm I'm not aware, but like, were you doing stuff for Reuters as well then, or was it just, or was it only Telegraph? Are we exclusive for Telegraph? Excl- exclusive for Telegraph. So the, okay. the Reuters actually got me out of London. That's so that's when I came back to Scotland. And uh, you moved moved to Scotland, and obviously you just use that as a hub. You travel from there for Reuters to do uh, various uh, jobs. It's it's rare because it works. I think it works the other way around. Um, you're, I'm covering, you know, in general Scotland. So you, if you if you leave if you leave it, you leave a hole. So it's it's more often than not you're going to be here, covering the area. And and yes, in fact, the last couple of games I've where I've seen you was uh, was that Tottenham? Tottenham. I think it was yeah, Tottenham Hotspurs. I saw you last a couple of weeks ago. So um, it's you know for the same reason the London's easy to get out of. It's easy to get to. So if if they are short. Uh, and there's two games to be, you know, to be done. It's an easy trip to make, isn't it? So I, I can, I can help out, whether it's there, uh, Grand National, sometimes go over to Ireland, uh, but it's not, it's not terribly far away, and it will always be with, in conjunction with looking at what else is happening in, in your own area, that by leaving, you're, you're leaving the whole area uncovered. So. And uh, in Scotland, I mean, are you covering the old, you know, the old, uh, old firm, the old uh, Scot, you know, Rangers or, or Celtic, you know, for our listeners, our international listeners, I'm sure they're the most familiar names um, well, in it's, Scottish. It's mostly Celtic now, isn't it? Because Rangers have dropped down um, the divisions, but uh, that hasn't happened for about three or four years. But they, they played once in a cup, and actually they are playing again uh, very soon. So I think the hype will start again. Yes, uh, they've got a semi-final in the cup coming up. I think they're due for promotion as well. From memory, I think uh, that could be as early as this Saturday. Actually, if um, uh, if the results conspire, I think I think Rangers have to win and Hibs have to not win. That's all probably just a draw or whatever. You know, so that might that might be enough for them to win on Saturday. If not, it could be the, it just rolls on that they they have a potential to win every every game that comes up. So. Uh, I know you've shot a lot of football and, and rugby. Is, is there is there a sport you prefer out of out of the two? I think rugby gives you more pictures, so yeah, I would say yes. But football is uh, is a bigger worldwide sport, you know. So there's a there's a you know there's more of it on. More I, I like I'd say I'd like them both. I think there's there's lots to be. I think I think the difference I see I see in the pictures is that the people competing for the ball in football are doing the work and there's a lot of guys just walking about in the background <laughs> if, you, if you like because they that's i think that's just the way the game's played is that uh, so you need to be a little bit tighter i, th- I think on on football Whereas okay. it, in rugby the guys in the background are, are busting to get there to help a wee bit so so they actually can make a picture you know just the, the effort that's been put in by the by the folk that are trying and they're not actually competing for the ball at this stage but they're trying to get there and help. And I think there's a, just a slightly different... I think you can be a little bit looser some of the time in rugby. Okay. And, and admittedly, you can go really tight as well if you're just looking for a pair of studs crashing into somebody's head or something or a bit of eye gouging or some whatever. <laughs> so so it, I think it allows you just a touch more variety, I think, you know. I think if, I don't shoot that much rugby when I have in the past, though. It seems to be, for me, it's a, a bit messier. To, when you do get a great 
picture. It's a better picture than a football picture in general. Yes. But they they do. They I think they're rarer to get. You know what I mean? Like when you for me, it's always been messy. There's always you know an arm cut off or uh, there's always. it's very hard to get a clean picture in rugby from from my experience. That's that's the only thing that I find oh, with okay. rugby. Okay. I'll be interested to know what you think of uh, cricket in that case then because I think you can sit there for five days or a week uh, and it's – but when you get a uh, – and I wouldn't say I've ever got one there, but uh, <laughs> when I see other people's cricket, but, you know, when you when there's a bit, it is really distinct and really, really good picture from from cricket but you might have had to wait a month for that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to sound very un-Australian here but I'm not a massive cricket man so uh, uh well, please save you hate mail. Talking, please save hate I'm mail. Pitches there. I just like it, it, <laughs> I just meant it's for it, 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 almost taking on what you said about the rugby is Yeah. You 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 were saying that when you get a good one it's really good. Yeah. And I, and I think sure. I'm going to up it to cricket as well. It's it, you know, you can sit there for a long time and get pretty similar stuff probably by virtue of the fact that you're so far away and you have to use a similar lens for a lot of it uh, but when a, when a when a good pitcher comes out of cricket it's it really stands out i think well we haven't spoken about cricket much on on this on the podcast i've spoken uh, to ryan uh, pierce is a bit of a cricket guy because i'm definitely <laughs> <laughs> But the guys that the guys that had do it, just for our listeners again it's sort of usually a, a 600 mil is the um yeah, a six hundred mil is the usual sort of cricket lens, I'd say, and that's you know it's a it's a monster of a lens, and it's on a it's not on a monopod, it's on a tripod because you know the action doesn't move too far away from the from the um, from the from the center wicket, so you sort of yeah, it's a <laughs> and like you said, that's the other thing too with the five days. You can be there for five days, and there is usually a moment where the game turns or something happens, an incident, and if you don't have that moment, then you know, you, you've got to stay awake for five days. That's the, for the test cricket. You mentioned the tripod. I, I, for a spell, I uh, I deliberately took a monopod uh, to keep me awake. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was, I think it was possible that when, when your gear's on the tripod, you could just nod off in the sunshine occasionally. Uh, I, I mean, at least if you grew up in Australia, you, you grew up with a sport. I mean, I, I didn't really grow up with a sport at all and. uh uh, we'd have shot a lot of it because the Daily Telegraph would be big on it. And um, certainly the first couple of years, uh, I wouldn't have had a clue what was going on. I didn't, I really just didn't understand it. And probably like lots of sports, you, it really does help if you understand. And then the next day, and then you, you can catch up a little bit by by reading up on the individual game you're going to and, and, and work out little stats that might be important to you that you're going to be photographing. But I mean, I just... I don't know. I, I used to, and, and this is this is again. I shot it uh, in digital. You can get away with probably just firing every every ball now. But if you if it's gone on for five days and you're trying to hold the film back, I, I ended up trying to watch the feet or something. That seemed to be where you could tell whether they actually were going to lash out uh, and make a picture because when they're playing all that textbook stuff, that, it just doesn't look too good, does it? And, you know, you want them. You want you want the ball whizzing around their head or something, don't you? Yeah, you don't want yeah. you don't want five rolls of a guy blocking the ball, do you? So um, yeah, or, or even just being a an elegant player, you know, you know it's, yeah. it just makes it look too easy. You, you, I, th- I think a lot of sports pitches for for the rest of us to look at. I mean, it's the same with fucking all over the place now. Similar to golf or something, you want the best players, or you want to see the best players mm-hmm. in a little bit of trouble. 
and seeing how they cope with it. I know, I, I'm now flicking right across the board there, that, you know, that you know, Tiger Woods or Seve in the rough, hitting the ball out of that. How to, I mean, that's why they were great, because the guys that just knock it down the fairway and play textbook stuff, it doesn't necessarily make the best pictures you want. It, we can all... We can all imagine, well, imagine it's a, it's a reality. You can all imagine being in the rough at golf, um, and whereas I might be hacking about four times to try and get out of it, breaking my wrists. <laughs> these guys still managed it. You know, they 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 hit the green from from an area that you're thinking, oh, this. How, how did they manage that? You know, and it's that, that and and also just even the in the golf that because it's in the rough, you get a bit of active. They've got to throw themselves into it. You get a different body shape. It's, it makes a better picture, doesn't it? So you're, it, it's almost like you're looking for the best players in a bit of trouble and how do they cope with that? And, and, that, and that could be what I was going way back to the Christmas sort of style of pictures I was talking about before is they were able to control that ball at a higher point than other people couldn't and their, their balance, the way they have to throw their arms to, to get out and to make, that's what made that picture. And whereas I'm thinking, if I put myself in that shape, I'd have done both my hamstrings. You know, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't physically do it. You know, that's even when I was younger. And, and now, I, now I probably do my hamstrings kicking a ball. But I mean, it's just uh, that, 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 that's always what captured me is the one. How do they do that? You know, brilliant. You know, I'd break like the golf. I'd be breaking my wrist if I set it that hard out the rough. So are you are you the exception then? Because most of the people that I've spoken to, you know, in my in these interviews, uh, the, they usually are failed sportsmen who decide that they want to be involved in the game and still try to. So were you a were you a decent sportsman as a kid and then thought, you know what, um, this is not going to work, or or was that never never the case with you? That, that's the same. That that makes you failed as well, doesn't it? You know, I, yeah. I think I had the opportunity to find out very quickly. No, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if you, I, I played, I played a bit of rugby, and uh, and you know, very, very quickly realised, oh, yeah, this, this, you get promoted up through the ranks, and then there's still a long way to go, and and there's a lot of effort that needs to go in. So yeah, I, I found out quickly <laughs> that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ever going to play for Scotland. So. Uh, what are, um so moving um what, what what kind of work are you doing at the moment then what's what's this uh, I know again this is a, a common another common theme there's no such thing as a typical week in sports photography but what would you say what's a, what's a normal week entail for you with um with your Reuters uh with your Reuters work well well the first thing would be it's more it's kind of part time um so I this week we've done uh, Scotland played Denmark uh, in a friendly at football. I'll be doing Pro 12 Rugby, but not for Reuters, for Info uh, on Friday. Um, there's uh, And there's uh, Rangers uh, away to Wraith Rovers, which uh, we spoke about earlier on. That's the, they've got the potential to win the league and get promotion. Uh, so that's Saturday. And then there's uh, an election here just now as well. So there's a bit of politics to be, to be done as well. So... Um, variety there which is lovely the majority of your career though has been sport and is it sort of you just now that you're in scotland you're sort of uh you you're moving into a bit more news or just a, 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 few, a few general things as well I, I i think you have to be uh it'd be very difficult to be specific uh yeah in sports and uh and i actually like it anyway i like i like the the variety it's really really good um so 
the, the sports then you're cutting out the bottom end of it if you like you know so you the international sports the the the, the European uh, football which is you know may well be over by December in Scotland um, uh, so it's the big end or the tail end of the season when people are winning things so uh, so you're still doing the bigger better stuff if you like and the rugby I do throughout the season, just the, the home games for Glasgow and Edinburgh, and uh, and whatever else comes up. But but also in a feature sort of way, there's, there's other, you know, you you can look at uh, I mean, Scotland. They play they play shinty or whatever. You know, you can look at the obscure sports that aren't played anywhere else. You know, so this is it's not it's not what's on the telly all the time. You can look at um, things that are peculiar to this part of the world. If you know what I mean. So. Can uh, can uh, you know that I? It's funny you mentioned that because I've actually looked into uh, there's a the Highland Games, which I know I'm going to be very stereotypical here and say about the Highland Games, but I, I, they actually they actually do that in the Netherlands. Um, okay, well they've got yeah. they've got people who are built for it, you know, they're, they're for the heavyweight stuff, you know. So yeah, I, I, I found it a little bit. Um, a, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but you know that uh, they've got the Highland Games in the flattest country in the world. Yeah, well, I, was, I was I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've certainly seen uh, Dutch and Germans. So these uh, sort of, if you like, the typical heavyweight with a chucking stones or uh, the hammer, or you've got these massive bearded heavyweight guys. And then afterwards, you go up and ask them the name, and uh, you know they're from Germany and Holland. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> if uh, if anyone hasn't seen the Highland Games, it's quite a spectacle, though, isn't it? When they're throwing these these massive stones over over sort of uh, like uh, high jump or pole um, pole vault style um, bars, and you know, then they run out of the way <laughs> in case <laughs> it comes down on them. <laughs> and also, you've got to uh, when you're photographing it, you can see you can see either the world record or whatever. Uh, where there's a there's maybe a flag in the ground telling you this is you know the furthest they've been, and then they might switch the weight of the stone, and you think and you go back to that event and you think you're standing in a safe area. So <laughs> 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 you, you only stand there once, you know, suddenly you're in. Oh wait a minute, <laughs> they can chuck it a lot further now, you know. <laughs> but uh, I'm in the firing line, so it, it yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of fun, and it is, but it's. Probably very basic athletics, isn't it? But I did see uh, there was a in, there was an indoor um, athletics event uh, last week or the week before, and uh, a, a, a photographer was in a, a, a supposedly safe zone, and one of the shot put uh, one of the girls that was doing the shot put uh, accidentally slipped or misjudged her her uh, her throw and uh, smashed the guy in the leg with her shot put. Uh, Yes, <laughs> which um, yeah, it didn't go down too well. It'll bounce more indoors as well, won't it? So uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it. That would be sore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. So it's one of the things that you have to sort of, uh, with especially with athletics. There's so much stuff going on, from um, you know, with the javelins being thrown, and then there's the running going on at the same time, and it's uh, you have to have eyes on all all sides of your heads for those kind of things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 it and it's usually it's the opposite way around, isn't it? You it's because you're trying to get yourself into a better position, but you're not. It's you're not watching the dangerous one. I mean, you're watching the dangerous one. It's, it's it's okay. You can look after yourself, 
But when you're, I don't know, getting yourself in a better position for the tug of war or the the Highland dancing that's going on, and then you, you forget there's people throwing big heavy objects behind you. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's. Well, I had a quick look through your website, which obviously we'll put a link through on the on the on the show notes. Um, you've covered uh, a wide variety of sports, like we've mentioned. Is there any sort of highlights there from your career? And 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 I will mention that you have got a great picture of a uh, Dame Kelly Holmes crossing the finish line. You know, with this massive expression of surprise as she's won the race. Um, is there any sort of highlights from your uh, from your long career that you you could that sort of stand out? Uh... I've got to say no. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know the kit's getting better. Everything. I, I, I have actually the picture you've mentioned, and 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 perhaps the uh, Jonah Lomo um, trampling over Rob Andrew in the semi-final of the World Cup in '95 Rugby World Cup. So Rugby World Cup in South Africa. I think it was that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I and these are pitches that I would be really chuffed with at the time for for different reasons. But you know everything's moved on, and you, you, you I don't know. Do I expect? I hope. I certainly hope I'll take something better. <laughs> but they've, uh, in some respects, they, if it survives some sort of test of time, then then it's quite good. But you you, you know what what you used to think was really good is is just the standard or and you expect to get that every day. I mean, I, I mean, I, I certainly think that uh, some people are producing almost portfolios of from a, a game nowadays that you know might have been a year's entry in a competition. Not well, not far off it. You know, it's. Uh, but that's that's definitely down to the technology. You know, with the the high ISO these days, and you know, I mean, the four hundred mils. I mean, my four. I, you know, my four hundred mil is like three or four years old, and I was using it the other night in. In a, in you know in in Romania of all places and I just you know the the, the quality is phenomenal you know what I mean I, I'm blown away by how sharp these pictures are you know in low light it's it's uh, and uh, this is not this wasn't an option like when you were shooting in '95 you know you were using 1600 ISO or you know pushing it to 3200 or something you know in in low light I mean that you know that that these days is you know it's child's play is you know for the cameras so and I and I actually had a Possibly had an advantage over uh, others. Rugby kickoffs sometimes were brought forward to catch the daylight because the floodlights were rubbish. Whereas, you know, so you, you would get, uh, and you'd also get, and the, the stadiums weren't as high, so there was less shadow coming in. So, uh, you know, I for six months of the year, I got to play around with a. If there was any sunshine out, I got a little bit of light that other people didn't get because the venues they were at were, you know. The sun, at least, if there was any sun around, at least they got in there, and you could, and there might only been a little bit to play with, but you had that option. Whereas if you were a big football stadium, three o'clock kickoff, six months of the year, there's, you know, we'd all get a bit excited about, uh, you know, early kickoffs on Boxing Day or something like that. You know, there was a chance, chance to get a bit of light that we hadn't seen for three months. You know, so yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's the norm, isn't it, to do floodlit, and it's and it's the ISOs can handle it, no problem at all. I think I went about three months at one stage last year where my camera didn't go below 4,000 ISO. Wow. <laughs> shooting. Yeah, you're just shooting like night matches, in, you know, and it's, you know, in, if you're not shooting the big, big teams, you know, with the massive floodlights, then, you know, you're, you're, you, you are shooting in, in dark stadiums. And, yeah. But again, I have no problem uh, putting, a, you know, my Canon 1DX at 4,000 ISO. You know, I have no problem with that at all. I think it's, 
it holds up so well and you know most people looking at it on their iPads or whatever and on their tabs and computer screens and it's it's more than enough it's you know it's still exceptional quality again like you were saying you know the, and I, before I go forward again, I just want to say, like, you know, the moments that you mentioned that, that Lomu, um, yeah. you know, they're iconic, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, you know, maybe the quality in that, but they're iconic moments. You know, Lomu, you know, that will always be remembered as, you know, this guy that just burst onto the scene and just was literally stepping on players to cross the line. I mean, it was... <laughs> that particular image was last week's hero, you know, the guy that got the, the, late, the late drop goal winner for two... For England to not Australia in the quarters, so it, it helped that the guy at his feet was was last week's hero. You know, yeah, last week's hero today. Your uh, <laughs> Lomu's uh, Lomu's doormat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least he got there. <laughs> uh, and, and, and also for me, I mean, I'll, I'll remember, uh, which I you know, wouldn't expect anyone else. That that was the first time uh, because it, but even then, uh, in the Daily Telegraph, and we were ahead. Uh, with having a sports section in the newspaper, which is standard now, uh, and we only had colour on Mondays, um, and that was the first time they ever used a full page, front page, broadsheet colour, and that's what, I, in some respects, I'm more remember it for it being it was groundbreaking that they there was no words on the page. I don't think, you know, it was just. And again, I think that might be sort of standard now. Uh, but that was the first time it happened, and, that, and I think that's that's why I'm, I'm was particularly chuffed with it. It was it, it, it was groundbreaking in terms of the industry, or sorry, the Telegraph at least. You know, that it was the first time they did that, and that was that was a good feeling um, because normally, well, first of all, it was an upright picture. It has to be upright to do that, um, whereas. Uh, you would normally go for a horizontal picture and then and then have the copy underneath, but it was just full on. Uh, but just because it it really did help to show how big the fella was, you know. <laughs> and then it was read about it inside, and that was that was that was a good feeling, you know. I was going to say that you know that those moments um, because of the amount of images being thrown, those iconic, uh, again, iconic moments, and then, yeah, to have a, a memory of that, it's, uh, it's a special thing, man. I'm, uh, you should be very proud of it. I and it's probably something you don't, you know, at the time you're proud of it, but then when you look back in your career, like, you know, like we are in right now, then that's a, it's, a, I like those moments, and I like, I, I, that's part of the reason I started the podcast, and I think those moments should be shared as well, because they're sort of, um, sports photographers don't get the, uh, the acclaim I think they deserve. Yeah, well, the thing, what was, Trying to say that that's now standard. I mean, the probably nearly all newspapers have got well, they've, they've all got sports sections, they've probably all got full color all the time. You know, they, we're, just, we're just talking about a, an old time, you know, and, and technology has helped both in the cameras but also in the, in the newspaper printing. You know, when you think that the independent was just gone this time, either they, they had uh, when it came out better printing processes than mm-hmm. the rest. And were able to use different pictures as well, and then the photographers obviously would be very quick to go onto that, and you could get different pictures published in the in the independent because they had the process that to be able to handle it. So it just opened up, you know, that would open up a technique to uh, for pictures to be used, which previously could only be in magazines, probably, 
so some of it's technology on the camera, some of it's technology on the on the on the printing side. What what equipment can I ask? What what are, what are you shooting on at the moment? What's uh, what's your uh, camera of choice? Your lens of choice? What what are you using? Uh, Canon one DXs. I am favouring uh, three hundred and five hundred combination. Okay, interesting. And then that usually takes me up to about I don't know forty minutes into a game, and I go, yeah, should I have the short zoom on that? <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a little bit tight on the goal or, <laughs> and then I think uh, I'll go back to standard I, I, I think I, I like the pictures from the 3028 yeah I, I really uh, at most at most grounds unless you're very close uh, I, I like the, the pictures on that and in some respects I like to take the risk that you might get a better I think you'll get a better picture if you get it and then every now and again I'll go, oh dear, I've missed, I've missed that again. I better, I better shoot a little bit looser and make sure I get it. So I vary between the two, but I think, I think you get better pictures on the three hundred two eight of where it matters. And this, I'm specifically thinking about football just now. Um, well, I even rugby um, coming across the line. I, I prefer to have it a little bit tighter on that lens. And the same for the football. I think it happens round about the the D. You know the. A defender isn't going to commit himself until about then, but he might commit himself just outside the box to give away a free kick rather than a penalty. Uh, so, and I think that's about the. It depends on what ground you're at, but that's about the right lens for those type of things. Then, of course, if the, if the player actually comes in and he's nearly on top of you, you're, you've you've made the wrong option. <laughs> uh, I I actually used that combination for the first time. Um, the five hundred and the. Um... Uh, the 300 for the first time uh, uh, last week. I did Netherlands versus France in a friendly, and uh, I thought I would take that just just to see. Um, and I liked it, but I, it took me a while to get used to the 400, the 500, because it's the you know you're just a little bit further away, and it was f4, not the three, not the two eight that I'm used to on the 200. And it took me a little bit. Uh, it, I think I'd have to use it for a few more games before I actually got used to it, because the I'm just so used to the 400. Even the weight of the 400 is a bit. It's a bit heavier. Yeah. So even when you sort of move it to the side, you know, when you're doing it with a 500, you sort of lift it up a bit. I know this sounds silly, but you know, you sort of lift it up a bit higher. You know? <laughs> so you're moving your 500 out of the way. You're sort of jolting it because you're used to the weight of the 400. So that, that kind of stuff, it takes a bit, a bit more to get used to. Yeah, and, I've, and I've, I think I've, I, I even do a different half. I think in a friendly, a three and a five is probably a good combination. But uh, yeah, because the, the, there's less, it's not going to be the thumping challenges particularly. Uh, albeit there was one at Scotland Denmark, but um, the it, it's less likely, so it's, it's that's not a bad combination, uh, and possibly the five and and the the seventy to two hundred as well. You know, certainly for one half at least. You know, um, is is another thing that I've done, and I, but the, usually that one kicks in when I think I've just missed something. Okay, <laughs> well, your friend, um, your longtime friend, uh, Mark Leachy. Yeah. Leech would be very proud to hear that you're using uh, prime lenses. Uh, we're, I, I don't know if you listened to the previous podcast with uh, with Mr. Leech, but he wasn't. Uh, he's not a big fan of uh, zoom lenses at all. So uh, I'm sure he'd be very proud of you to hear that you're using uh, two prime lenses at, at a match. I would also say there's another one. I can, well, yeah, I haven't got a shorter. I've got. I don't know. I haven't got a prime that's short enough. But um, there's the other thing that I used to think is. Well, I still do think the the, the bigger the game. The shorter the lens, the less chance for error. It's not 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 just because of that, because 
if it's a big game, the stadium's full. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's if you think of World Cups, uh, the backdrop or whatever, um, World Cups, Champions League, you know, the, the the stadium is if you like is dressed. Yeah, and I think you want to show you know you, it's not just about two guys tackling anymore. It's you want to show it was during the the final of the you know the Champions League or you know during the World Cup final or something. So it's uh, I think it's good to show. Um, yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, and I'd also, it, it, I mean, if you if you go way back, these pitches because of the event, these pitches will get used for a long, long time. And you and you, so even that guy that in the background that I previously said in football might just be sort of walking about or whatever. Um, it's if you view that picture in ten years' time, you might have forgotten that they were playing for the same team, even though whatever. Oh yeah, look, he's in that. Oh, but, you know, so I just think that the whole atmosphere on 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 a big event, uh, perhaps. A shorter lens is, is preferable. Now you can contrast that with uh, doing a football match at St Johnson or Dundee United, where there's a lot of empty seats and different advertising clashing with each other. Different, you know, double banners, different heights. The background's now becoming a mess, and uh, you're trying to eliminate that background because it's just your eyes just getting drawn to it. I mean, advertising by its nature is to draw your eye to it, and you try and get rid of it, then, aren't you? So um, yeah. And also, there seems to be a lot more stewards' jackets, which are as fluorescent as the, uh, you know, as bright as the sun. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going back to those days of uh, I can work this one little patch here. <laughs> you know, hopefully, they'll pass the ball to somebody right here. But uh, uh, yeah, it's so. It's, and some, so actually, in some respects, it's easier at the bigger, the, the bigger venues, the, the full, the advertising. It's, there's more pictures to be had, whichever way you point your lens, you're going to get some uh, a decent background. Yeah, the other thing I want, uh, uh, which, you know, I, like I said, I tried that, the, the 300 and 500 combination. And now that you mentioned that, you know, when you do shoot those games as well, you you don't have, you're sitting next to, the photographers are packed in as well. Yeah. So when you do a Champions League final, I mean, you only have to look at before the game, before kickoff, you know, when the guys are doing the team groups, there's probably... 150 photographers trying to get you know a photo of the guy standing you know for the for the the Champions League anthem or or you know for the team group photo so you don't have that uh, you can't just swing your 500 and 300 around as freely as you would at a at a friendly match or a, or a lower league match as well so that's another another point to um to mention yeah. Um, yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, 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 no. I was just uh, that, that, that's because that, yeah. I, I to be honest, I was just thinking out loud there because I was thinking about using that combination again. But uh, you know, for the bigger games, I'll I'll probably end up just keep sticking with the seventy to two hundred. <laughs> what would Leachy get? I don't know what we need. A one three five or one eighty? I used to love oh, the- Leachy. Leachy's got a one hundred that he uses from nineteen ninety two. I think he's still got the same one. So uh, mm-hmm. he's on a one hundred and a three hundred at the moment. That's what uh, that's his. Com- he seems to be his combination. One and a three. Oh, he likes the three as well. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I was very keen on the one eighty two eight. Uh, okay. When I was on Nickel. Yeah. And uh, also that one three five two. Um, that was. The one thirty five mil F two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were both, but that that, that now does seem small. Uh, and and we would sit only a yard away from the byline, you know. So. Well, this is the thing as well. You know, you say you know different grounds, and the. You know, I mean, again, I I have a fraction of the experience you have, but like working at say Tottenham, where you're in these pits, and you know you're fairly close. You know, you're sitting in front of the fans, and you're fairly close to the pitch, and then you go to somewhere like uh, Twickenham for the rugby, and 
you seem to be pretty far away from the action, so you do need the longer lenses. Or um... yeah, and it's and it's changed over uh, my career. I really. Um, I mean, I used to do Twickenham where I'd, I'd actually be wearing a pair of boots, uh, and and attempt to. <laughs> Mind you, at least there were amateur athletes in those days. I was going to say, yeah, but the thought of you're, you're attempting to run alongside. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so yeah, this is um, just for our American listeners. Uh, uh, rugby, uh, the the photographers you can either sit at the ends, um, you know, as they cross the line to score a, a try, a touchdown for our American friends, something something along those lines. And then, but the, a lot of the photographers, um, we have Dave Rogers, our uh, our rugby guru. He um yeah he runs up and down the side of the pitch so you're shooting you're following the action I mean that that's quite a that's quite a task though especially when you've got all these lenses and stuff yeah. hanging off you and you're trying to keep up with the play of the of the pace of these guys it's uh it's quite an effort I'd have a pair of boots on um, deliberately waterproof trousers and and you could just slide you know the pitch you could you'd, you'd run along and then slide onto your knees. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose, like a, a slow motion goal celebration, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then try and take the picture, uh, you know, as where you thought it was going to be. But I mean, it, it, again, it's, it's it's sports predictive, isn't it? You know, they've got the ball, uh, and, and admittedly, I wouldn't attempt this if I was behind the winger. Uh, I'm already ahead of them. Um, I can see they've got an overlap or whatever, and. I'm thinking this ball's coming all the way out to the winger. He's going to aim for the corner, and I'm off in my. <laughs> but I was right beside the pitch, you know. I mean, you, you just couldn't get there now, and and you just run along, slide on your knees, and twist, and hopefully he, you know, uh, touch it down right in front of you. You know, that was the that was the plan. Did you ever get hit by the ball, or any players, or anyone crash into you when you're doing these kind of things, or is this uh, you you had ever uh, have you had a I've caught the ball a few times. Um, You've caught the ball. One-handed, one-handed the camera. I've caught the ball one-handed. <laughs> handed it back to them. Uh, uh, did you get a cheer from the crowd? I did. I got. I got embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got. Uh, I was in the middle of a fight actually uh, between uh, England and Ireland at Twickenham, and that's how close we were at the pitch. The uh, the Irish players had thrown. Neil back, uh, they actually threw him in the front row of the crowd, I think. And um, so now I'm kind of in between. I just you could almost see the intent <laughs> as he climbed back. As he climbed back over, <laughs> he, he wasn't happy, and uh, basically uh, at least the forwards. Uh, so I think there was 16 guys swinging p- punches around me. <laughs> I thought if I move to get out of this, I'll probably get up. You know, I mean, these aren't boxers. These aren't these aren't the most accurate punches in them. They're just <laughs> swinging arms wildly. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> huge, huge guys. <laughs> and uh, I just uh, the lens I had on me was uh, uh, at the time <laughs> I've got three hundred mil on me, so I'm far too close. I'm right in the middle of it, and um, I basically just picked it up and put it to mine. Hope they would notice her. <laughs> I wasn't part of the fight, but they were just yeah. I wouldn't I would have wanted to take a stray one last week. <laughs> I, think, I think I would have just dropped to the ground and cowed like a little <laughs> scared little boy crying, don't hit me, please, well, not these monsters. I just, I just stood still with a camera near my eye and hoped for the best. 
<laughs> and tried to sort of take a few backward steps uh, to get out of it so I could at least photograph it because I was, I was just too close. You know? so. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that reminds me of, uh, you know, when you see sometimes a guy score, like you're watching a football match on TV and a guy scores a goal and you can see the photographer is still way too close, but they don't take the camera away from their eye because they don't want to the TV camera to know that they're not taking a picture because there's no way that they're going to be in focus. You know, have you ever, have you noticed that before? Well, uh, well I've just, I've just described as exactly what I was doing. Exactly. I, I, I probably only picked that camera up when I saw the TV guy. <laughs> yeah. TV is going to be on me now. I'm just going to hold the camera to my face and pretend I'm taking a picture because these guys are way too close for me to take anything in focus. Yeah. It, it wasn't just that. It was also to let them know that, uh, don't hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a player. And you know you're not a you're not a small bloke, so I can see how maybe they could have confused you for a for one of for one of the guys. You know, if a guy's just swinging wildly, you think oh, he's a big guy, I'm going to take him out. Oh, these these are big boys. <laughs> oh, they're monsters! Yeah, I know they, they are big boys. Yeah. Um, favorite picture. Now another question we ask. Uh, you know, uh, do you have a favorite image uh, that uh, sort of stands out in in, in your career as uh, your a picture that you know you have on the wall at home, maybe? Uh... I I don't have uh, and never have had any sports pictures on the wall. No? Uh, No. I'm not sure why that is, but um, uh, I think to me, I'm I'm, obviously delighted to see it published anywhere and think that's that's a a thrill that stays with you. Mm -hmm. So favourite one, I know we we mentioned the the sort of journal one earlier on that and for different reasons, not necessarily. But I mean, also, it's, it, that was, you know, it's a 500 mil manually focused. Uh, there's, there's different reasons why I quite liked it, you know. Um, whereas you would absolutely, you would just consider that a stock picture now, I think, if, uh, if you took it on autofocus. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, it, it, yeah, it's basically, it's pretty much full frame. And a guy running at that speed, Manually focused on quite, I was quite chuffed with at the time, but you'd like to think that you could easily do better these days. Yeah, but you, this is the thing, you know, you say that, I mean, you sort of brush it off like it's nothing, you know. To, I know, you know, the name Mike King has come up in previous, you know, we, we knew Mike, the, the late Mike King, um, who, you know, was sort of renowned for his auto focusing uh, skills. Um, it's, well, it's, it's manually focusing, uh, which oh, sorry, yeah, which, which, manual. Which, to be fair, was like autofocus. He, he didn't get he didn't get many <laughs> he didn't get many uh, muzzies, you know. So he was, yeah, yeah. He had a reputation for being, uh, you know, not he just followed the action so well with his um, with his, you know, the manual focus. I mean, what was? Can I ask what your strike rate then? Like, you know, when you take a roll of, you know, 36, 37 frames back to the office and, you know, you're shooting on a whatever 400, 300, 500 mil or whatever it was, uh, you know, you're shooting on back then. Um, you know, it, can you just, again, this is a, an it's era that uh, bypassed me. Uh, I did a lot of rugby on a, the 400, 35. Okay. Manually focused. And uh, uh, one had a better strike with it. Loved the lens. You could also... Um, I, I could get away. I could do a game without a monopod on that, you know. So it was wow. Okay, um, mind you, that's probably why I got a dodgy back or whatever. But it, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's the same that, that you know, when I was describing, you know, running around and tricking them and things like that, where you that that's that that would be the lens I'd be on the touchline with four hundred three five. But it, it the travel uh, wasn't on a on the four hundred three five. You didn't have to twist much on the on the barrel. So uh, I, I thought it was the the best. 
uh, lens to focus. Um, and the hit rate on that would be pretty good. Uh, and on a 400-2.8 or a 500-4, it would be less good. <laughs> okay. And, I would, and, and certainly not to I, – I would um, – Mine didn't seem to waste much, if you know what I mean. He just that that same thing of taking, you know, almost everything he took was shot. Uh, whereas, you know, I might have got part of the incident shot and maybe a, a muzzy either side of it, if you know what I mean, or or where I was shot. So I don't know what that particular skill he had to just never have a firing unless it was pretty much shot. So I'm going to say, uh, I don't know, seventy percent, eighty percent. I don't I, actually. And if it's just athletics, if this guy just running straight towards you, you probably have a better hit on that. You should be able to um, follow focus better on something that's just coming straight at you. Uh, partly because that was the that, that was the practicing I used to do on the A3 was uh, doing cars coming away from the traffic lights <laughs> to practice the manual focus. You know, it just coming some coming coming straight at you. You just. You just follow 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 the car driving towards you or away from you, just to sort yeah. of uh, to get your um, your distances right. Yeah, the, the aim the aim was uh, they are accelerating, so because they've come from the lights and you've been further up the road, so you, you it's I suppose replicating that you know the hundred meter the, the, they're at different paces, aren't they? So that it's accelerating and it's getting bigger and bigger in the frame, and then you just try and I don't know end up with just the registration plate or something like that. Okay. Uh, as a practice, um, but the, the thing is, <laughs> because you're pointing a camera at cars on the road, they uh, they all slowed down. <laughs> 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 it, wasn't, it wasn't quite the practice I was looking for. <laughs> There's another thing sports photographers around the world should do. We should all go out there and follow cars with our cameras, and then I'm sure that we'll we'll sort of bring the speeds of many many uh, drivers down a quite a lot of things. Oh, speed cameras up ahead. Slow down. I'm sure it was, it was actually the thing is there's so many cars coming, you know, that it's, it's an easy place to practice. Uh, whereas you, you, you might have to, and, and it, like I said earlier on, that sport was really only played on a Saturday and I went, you might have to wait a while to do your next, your next game. So, uh, when, when I was learning, that was, that seemed like a sensible thing to do. I'm not so sure it is now, but it, it, at the time it did. So. Probably getting in trouble by the police for doing it these days, but, um, <laughs> But uh, I don't think I even had film on the camera anyway, so it's not. It wasn't. Uh, uh, it was just. It was just to get used to that. Um, how far to twist the barrel, you know. So I mean, the, you don't. You don't come across as a sentimental guy. But is there something about those the the you know the the that you miss from back then, or is it you know are you happy the way things have progressed in photography? You know, to what you to what you're doing now. Or, I mean, how is there something that you sort of think? Hmm, I wish that was still going on like back then. Well, I, I think the, the truth is, I, I wish I was younger. That, <laughs> I think that's Good answer. The, right. I wish I was younger, and there's probably lots of people who would come out with that. Yeah. It, I don't think there were any better. I certainly enjoyed it, but that might have just been because I was younger. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily better, just mm-hmm. different, because um, it's great fun now. You know, it's great fun now, but the, the expectation now, uh, as I say, you, you know, you could, I could take that picture on a Saturday and it's not getting developed to, to Monday and I'm hoping, all weekend, I'm hoping that the one that I remember in my head, I hope I've got I hope I've got a ball right in his head or I hope I've got, you know, something, whatever. So there's a, there's a little bit of excitement there because you're waiting so long. And, uh, yeah. 
now your disappointment comes instantly. <laughs> <laughs> you could be disappointed straight away these days, huh? <laughs> Knowing that you... thing is, I don't know. I'm, I would imagine that uh, there isn't a picture ever as good as what you can take with your imagination. So, so even if you get a belter, you're going, oh, do you know, it'd be really nice if I haven't got this guy, so I'm doing a scissor kick volley with another player competing. It'd be really good if he actually got the ball first, then afterwards knocked his teeth out and I could see the teeth fly. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be a better one, isn't there? <laughs> so, uh, and I, I suppose that's what uh, keeps you going. But I think that, I think the average with the, the gear... The average pictures are so much better nowadays. Um, so to get above averages, therefore, much, much harder. Yeah, I think the competition as well. I mean, when I look back at the old photos, you know, especially I was looking at some of Leachy's old, um, you know, he sent me some pictures of him working on the side pitch, you know, side of a football field. And, you know, there was maybe four or five photographers and, um, it was a lot different, you know. When I mean, I mentioned this before on the podcast with uh, in Germany, uh, you, you go to a match and there's there must be forty photographers or fifty photographers at every single match. Yeah, which I find, I just I, I don't know how I don't I don't know where all these people work. I don't know if they're all there, you know, majority there for 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 fun or for 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 clients or or whatever. But I'm always amazed by how many people are at you know, and this is just one football match in one. Stadium, and you're talking, you know, about seven or eight matches going on at the same time. And this is not just, you know, worldwide. I mean, look at the Premier League as well. You know, you've got so many photographers at every match. I mean, I find it, uh, yeah, it's it's just grown so much. Well, it doesn't. Uh, I, I suppose right, to go to go back in in my time, it would be costing you money to be there because you're shooting rolls of film, and if if you're manually focusing and you were learning and you weren't, it's costing you. It's costing yeah. you to shoot those rolls and whatever. With digital, it doesn't you keep going, you know. You you might get something out of it. But actually, I want to ask you as well. Like you've you've shot obviously a lot of sports, uh, a lot of things. Is there a favourite athlete that you remember? You know that sort of stands out as well from your career that you think, oh, you know, that this person usually provided a, a good photo, or, or or they just happened to, you know, you were at a a place where this person did something apart from Lomu, you know, which we've mentioned. Is there something? Is there somebody that stood out for you? Maybe a, a Scottish athlete from you know from your early days or something like that. For me, there was a Man United team uh, where I uh, now let's. I hope I get everybody right here. So they'd have Brian Robson, Mark Hughes, Paul Ince. I'm hoping all at the same time, uh, and they were all pretty. They were all dynamic. Yeah, you get a picture out of them, uh, and that that made that, that was a good team to photograph. Uh, Ince, I'm thinking as a guy who would be. He was off all. He was off the ground in a lot of pictures, making <laughs> these shapes that you know that I was talking about earlier on. You know, he's uh, Robson, robust, uh, so tough. Yeah, but it's also after the tackle, so the other player might be flying or something, or or, you, or facial expressions which you know lift the picture as well. And the same with Hughes was just so strong that it, it would it would create and in that. Uh, D area that I was talking about, you know, that's where he he was just so strong that it would create different shapes and different ways because the defender, well, struggling with him basically. So that's yeah. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that, that was a great team to go and photograph because you think, you know, there's, there's three guys I can point a lens at, uh, and then you've got 
I don't know. Uh, in rugby, I'm thinking. Actually, this might go back to a picture that I was. I was I, again, yet again, at the time chuffed with. Um, oh, when am I going back to now? 1991 uh, for England winning rugby Grand Slam final game, uh, and I Rory Underwood. I think had scored a try in the game. Uh, I better check on it. I think he did, uh, which is probably why I was pointing at him. And his back was to me, and I knew the whistle was coming up. But I also knew that the forwards were absolutely exhausted. I would, I would struggle to, they would struggle to even lift their arms, you know, to to show a celebration picture. <laughs> so I've, I've elected to pick a back, and I've picked a guy who at the time had his back to me. But I, I, I knew his, uh, I knew his mum or parents were, were up on the stand, pretty much behind me. Okay, and I was just taking the gamble that uh, he would look that way, and it turned out to be perfect because he 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 actually he jumped in the air and twisted at the at the peak of the jump to the family. So, and and I was I was, I was quite, again quite pleased with that because folk were going, but why why did you pick him? You know, you couldn't see him, and and it was only because I knew where his family was sitting. So. Took the gamble and it and it worked. So nice. Trouble is, like maybe the last time it worked was was nineteen ninety one was the last time that it worked, did it? Uh, your knowledge paid off. Yeah, I mean, there's other guys, you know, same that, that that's uh, at the big uh, tennis tournaments, for instance. You know, that's a that's a common thing. You know, you know where the family are because they're always on telly, on the, on the show courts. But it, this sort of idea of being a knowing, having a little bit of knowledge. So when you're maybe working an outside court, it's knowing who either the coach is or the parent is or whatever. And where is that player's reaction likely to be? And can I put myself in between the eye line or whatever? So it it, it works in lots of sports. But uh, and, I, and I was definitely right about the rugby because you, you would normally, on that game, you would normally pick the forwards because there's a group of them. But they, they, would, they could hardly lift their arms when the guy blew the whistle. It, it took them a while to realise they won, so I had time to go back to them anyway. You know, so it's and for our um, American listeners, the um, the Grand Slam. That's uh, it's uh, well back then it was the Five Nations, was it? It was a five, or was it less than that back in ninety one? When the, the Grand Slam for uh, rugby, it must have been five because I think they were playing France. <laughs> so. Okay, so yeah, this is a rugby tournament that happens every year, and it's a, a tournament between um, Wales, Scotland, England, Ireland. So now Italy, it's the six. Yeah, and now Italy um, and France. So these teams all play in a in a yearly um, serious competition of of rugby. You know, this is this is sort of the annual event. You know, and in Australia, I think it's called the Bledisloe Cup, which is Australia, New Zealand, and uh, South Africa. Yeah, they all play in the competition, and you know, if if you win the Grand Slam, it means you've just won all the matches, which uh, England did again for the first time since then. Probably, I think that it's the first time they've won it. Or no, maybe not since then, but it's been a long time since England have won all mat- all their matches um, and won a Grand Slam. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and, and I'm a, I can't give you the figure. I want to say about fifteen years or something, but yeah, they certainly won the championship in between that. But to win the to win all the matches, because and I think this year, in fact, to be fair, they did it the hard way, didn't they? They had three away games, I think. But, um, so it's because some of those games are away. You know, it's, it usually it's one. I think three at home, two away. But to win them all and have have your team intact by the end of it is uh, is a is always a feat. I think. 
Well, they've got an Australian coach now, so I'll sort of uh, maybe that's the maybe, maybe that's the reason for their turn in the turn in fortune. <laughs> I won't uh, I won't rub it in that you know it's, they had did, they had a shocking rugby World Cup for, um, uh, last year. They played in the, the the World Cup was in England and they didn't play very well, and they got rid of their coach. They got an Aussie coach in there, and they seem to have completely turned around their. Um, their style and play and uh, and their uh, win win to loss ratios def- dramatically changed as well. So, uh, what is Scotland what is Scottish rugby doing actually at the moment? They they seem to always be on the borderline of turning into a very good team and then sort of doesn't materialise. I think if you you know if you go back to the World Cup, you know they 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 possibly should have beaten Australia that last kick of the game, but. Uh, which would have put them in the semi-finals of the World Cup, and you would think, well, that's that's a massive improvement because I think the the previous six nations they hadn't won a game. So, uh, my opinion is they they vastly improved, but other people they didn't deserve that either, did they? The Aussies, it shouldn't. Uh, if I remember correctly, the uh, you know controversial. I don't think it's controversial to say that the Aussies shouldn't have the, the the Scots should have won that match. Is that is is that how I is that? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, I think I think yeah. It depends how, yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> I'd probably view in that one eyed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Scotland would leave. As a Scotsman to an Aussie, you are allowed to say what you want. It's fine, no oh, problem. I'm sorry, that would never worry me. <laughs> but I, I poss- I'm trying, I'm possibly viewing it one eyed. But uh, yeah, Scotland should have won that game. Yeah. The, but they, some of that by their own, I don't know, maybe their own decision making. They, they, they just need, they, they had. I don't know, it was the last couple of seconds. They just needed to hold on to the ball or get it out there and they would have won. And they gave away a penalty, which if you're Scottish, you're going to think that wasn't a penalty. <laughs> so many infringements before that. It definitely wasn't a penalty uh, if you're Scottish. And <laughs> you're going to say, of course, it was a penalty. And, uh, you know, the guy still had to kick. Uh, he had to kick that penalty under enormous pressure. So... Yeah. Anyway, that's the, the the question you asked is the team are uh, are really improving, uh, and uh, well, I'll even tell you on the on the on the betting the odds, uh, the evens odds were Scotland to score ninety five points in the championship. Now, okay, that must be based on past performance that they come up with that figure, and they were they were past that figure in four matches. So, oh, wow, okay. so clearly they're scoring a lot more tries. Clearly, So I would say the bookies rarely get it wrong and they got it wrong. So uh, so they that, that would, to me, would indicate that they're, they're improved. They're on the, they're on the improve. All right. Now, finally, um, can we... Uh, have you got any um, tips for our young... We, have a, we seem to have a lot of... Uh, Photographers from all over the world at the moment. So, you know, we've got um, some listeners in Singapore and Switzerland and Australia and uh, America, of course, and uh, obviously the UK. Um, is there any tips that you could give to some of our young photographers? Any any uh, any words of advice from an experienced man like yourself? Uh, for sport, especially. For sports, sports photography, yeah, please. Backgrounds. Backgrounds, there we go, good. Backgrounds are pretty much everything, you know. Get yourself in a position that the background's not going to fight over your image. Like, and we've already discussed that with uh, bad advertising, stewards' jackets, you know, whatever. Try and, try and get the eye to lead directly to the picture. 
so uh, backgrounds in a low position would, would sort that out, wouldn't it? Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah getting as low to the ground as possible and then... Um... That piece makes people look more dynamic and clean out the background unless, as we discussed as well previously, you're at the, <laughs> the Champions League final and then the background becomes part of it, you know. Yeah, uh, it becomes part of the event, the picture itself. Yeah, but if 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 you're uh, if you're doing you know a local match down the local park, uh, yeah, you're looking to eliminate the background. Okay, I I, I like uh, your expression there, fighting. You know, your the action fighting with the background. That's a, I, I like that term. I might I might use that a bit more often. Thanks. I might steal that from you. Well, <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. I didn't actually think about it. <laughs> That's the but, uh, best form of podcast is when people don't think. You know, these all the the stewards jackets and the advertising by definition are there to attract your eye. So you don't want them in the background. You know, that's the the, the advertiser's job is to get you to look at that and you're trying to get it out because it stops you from looking at the picture. So unless you're being paid by the sponsor <laughs> to get it in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which happens happens more and more often these days. But yeah, if, unless you're being paid by them, eliminate. Uh, if they're not paying you, don't put their don't put their logo in your picture. Yeah, and that, that used to be all probably the uh, go back to old sport days. You'd look at a roll of film and you you'd say, well, these are the ones I like, and they'd gone over to this pile on the right hand side, and uh, <laughs> and you go, oh god, look at that. Mm. That's the look at that advertising spot. Never mind that. We'll, you know, we'll sell it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're still. That's the that 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 mantra hasn't changed much. I think. <laughs> oh dear, I I I've got that one out of focus. It's sharp on the advert. Uh, oh, phone them up and tell them it was deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking of them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, things haven't changed. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, I will put a link, obviously, on the show notes to your uh, uh, your website. Yeah, well, uh, good good luck with editing that. You know. <laughs> well, I know that you said you haven't up- updated your website, but that that's uh, I think that's part of its charm as well. Like you've so you've got um, you've got a uh, you know some some classic uh, some you know. I'm sure when you put it up there, it wasn't classic photography, but, uh, you know, because you haven't, like you said, you know, your lead picture, I think, is um, that Dame Hel- uh, Kelly yeah. um, home. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's it shows that you've, um, you're an experienced man and have, uh, have seen have seen a lot in the sports, uh, sports photography industry. So I, I'm very proud to uh, put a link uh, to the, and you should be proud of it as well. So um, is, are you on social media and all that kind of stuff as well? Or is that, uh, huh? I am, yes. Uh, You're on Twitter. Uh, I probably am. I don't, you know. <laughs> I am on Twitter. I don't. I don't do it much. Facebook a bit more. Uh, and I was. I was saying, and even, and even. Well, you and I both have uh, relatively uh, unusual surnames. I don't. I don't even put things on the website because I can just look. At, you can just look at it online. You can just key in the name and you'll find something. You know. So that's uh, that's an advantage of an unusual. Surname, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. Most people just give up on my surname uh, pretty much as soon as I say it. They're like, "What? Sorry." <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but you'd have to spell it correctly. That would be it. Yeah, that would be it. That's the, that's the problem. <laughs> problem I've dealt with all my life, and I'm sure you have as well. So, um, and yeah, uh, you and you, your just uh, quickly, your website comes up as Rusty. Is that uh, that's your um, that's what most people know you as yeah, as well. 
Well, it comes up. The first thing that comes up when you click on your uh, the link, it just says Rusty. That's the first thing that you click on that, and then it goes obviously to your photos and stuff. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'll put a, show, a link on that. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Steve. It's very great to have you on here. And uh, I look forward to seeing you out uh, on the side of a field somewhere. Yeah. Oh, what, what, you got uh, stuff coming up in the summer. What's your… Um, well, I'll be at Wimbledon. And, uh, Wimbledon, of course, yes. And the golf. Um and that's so that's a month taken care of, and that's about as much as I know in the moment. Okay, cool. Um, after we, football starts again, doesn't it? It just you're back onto the next thing. So I always seem to have one more question, but like, how many Wimbledon's have you done before uh, in, in your career now? Uh, uh, gosh, uh, <laughs> 1986 would be the first one. 1986. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're talking, you know, more than 10, 15. Well, that's early, isn't it? Uh, well, you've done them all since then. I might have missed, I might have missed something either for a World Cup. I mean, even even then, I've been following World Cups and uh, with England, and and they were get in those days they were getting knocked out. So I come back and do the last week of Wimbledon anyway. So uh, um, that hasn't changed much either with England being knocked out early, and <laughs> nothing's changed there over the last the thirty years. Well, they just beat Germany away. Who knows? Yeah, but they lost to the Netherlands. I think that's but they lost well, to the Netherlands the, the other day as well. Yeah, they, they lost to a team that did, did they not qualify either. Um, so uh, who knows? Who knows about that? I think I certainly think I've, I've missed one, and I can't remember why. Whether that was an Olympic year or which I can't imagine the Olympics been that early. But this, I certainly remember missing one at least. Well, the, the, as a as a Scotsman and a, as an Aussie here talking, um, we're allowed to um, you know mock our uh, our friendly rivals, the English. It's a, we're allowed to. It's it's not a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get defensive if I say the England team aren't very good at the moment. Or, or, or well, this this could come back to haunt me though. If they win the European Championships, this podcast could be like, oh, yeah. you said that they wouldn't win. But... Well, don't just let it roll. Let it go yeah. all the way. You don't. You don't. You, you can. You can change your position if if they reach the semi-finals. I don't think they will, and I don't think they'll win. I'll 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 lay I'll put my flag in the sand right now and say I do not put my line in the sand and say that I do not think they will win the European Championships in 2016. Okay, there you go. That's interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm I, technically. I mean, to be honest, they usually end up too tired but after the Premier League season, don't they? So. Oh, God, get it. Don't make excuses for them. What are you I'm talking just, about? What I'm doing is I'm keeping it going, and like I said, till the semi-finals, <laughs> <laughs> and then I can change. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, um, again, thank you very much for your time, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thanks, Lodi. Cheers, mate. Bye. Rusty, thanks for your time. A sports photography and storytelling great. I could have added another one hour of the podcast from our before and after the actual recording of the show, but Rusty, I will have to get you back at some stage to share some more of your experiences. A top photographer and a top bloke, who I know is a popular figure in the UK with all that know him. You can find him at uh, Russell Cheen, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-C-H-E-Y-N-E, and same spelling for russellcheen.com for his website. Of course, the show notes will have those links. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Photography philosophy listeners, the feedback from the Dakar podcast has been pretty good, so I wanted to say thank you to the many of you who retweeted these shows. I spent a load of time on this two-part series, though it, to some it may not sound that way, but um, yeah, thank you again for the 
the sharing them and the comments received made it feel worthwhile. At uh, the time of recording this show, uh, it seemed that the first had quite a few more downloads than the second part, so I'm not sure if people got bored after the first show or if they just not have got around to the second part. So, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear back on that one. Personally, I thought the second part was better than the first, but, uh, yeah, feedback and comments always welcomed. Uh, I have asked before, but will ask again, if you could please spare one single minute of your time and write me a review on iTunes. Uh, you can contact me again on Twitter with All Sport Snapper or my website, allsportsnapper.com. Uh, my Twitter handle, I usually post uh, some of my weekly work as well as some of the best images from my Getty colleagues around the world. So it's a great place to get a regular sports image on your feed. You can subscribe to, e to either iTunes or SoundCloud for the, so you don't miss a show if you like. Um, and uh, last thing, thank you for your time. Observe, listen and practice because your best photo could be one frame away.